Janet Jones returns, as does Cletus Cavalier. Two tales this week. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. Two of my favorites this week, listeners. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in beautiful, wondrous, oft-supernatural downtown Splendid, West Virginia. With two of my all-time favorite Mystery Lab characters, Janet Jones, whose political exploits date all the way back to episode number seven. You may remember Janet, as class president at Splendid Elementary. In a couple of years, she also ran for mayor against Porkchop the Pig, an entrepreneur of the meatless jackpot restaurant in downtown Splendid. A lot of history there with Janet Jones for years. And Cletus Cavalier, who was just introduced last summer. Cletus Cavalier's space run took us on a seven-part adventure that began at the end of August and stretched for over three months till it wrapped up in early December. Well, he's back with a bigger, bolder intergalactic adventure. We'll blast it off today. So with all that's to be done, let's not waste any more time. Lie back, relax, and enjoy. Janet Jones returns, kid, school board. There was a huge kerfuffle at the school board today. Parents behaved in an immensely embarrassing way. So kids banded together to give it a try. They rebelled and took over the proceedings while each adult yelled. Janet Jones, sixth grade leader, banished all over age 13. Get out, everyone. Sorry, you all are far too mean. She was joined by friends Trey, Bishop, Art, and Eugene. Introducing the new and improved kid school board team. What on earth do you mean? Vexed board members screamed. They can't do that. No, no, no. There are rules to follow. We changed those, said Janet. Found them quite hollow. From then on, only kids under 13 could serve. This group sure did have some incredible nerve. The new kids' school board rules went into effect. The first was to treat all with equal respect. And school starts an hour later now, you know? That's the best for everyone, studies show. And pizza must be served every day for breakfast and lunch. Though I think healthy snacks should be available to munch, but it's not up to me, the author, is it? Besides, these new rules seem like a hit. Students and staff get more needed break time. 
There's room in the budget for loads of slime. A more varied class selection. All kids agreed. And more resources to help all really succeed. I was thrilled when they lobbied for increased teacher pay. Though I don't know how to feel about No School Mondays. Free Cake Tuesday is also sus, as is the order for a party bus. Still, they're figuring it out, and doing quite well. What the future holds, only time will tell. Kid legislature, maybe? Or wait, Janet Jones, kid governor. Yeah, that has a nice ring to it. I like those alliterative J names. The C's aren't bad either. Cletus Cavalier, for example. Who joins us in an all-new, bigger, bolder adventure, a sequel to Cletus Cavalier's Space Run. This one titled, Cletus Cavalier's Unlikely Alliance of Really Bad Space Dudes, Part 1. Cletus Cavalier awoke, wide-eyed, ready to tackle the day. He sprung out of bed, brushed his teeth, showered, put on his favorite t-shirt and comfy shorts, drank some coffee, ate a bit of toast and apple butter. He sang along to a favorite song on the radio, stared at his phone for twenty minutes or so, and then settled into a comfortable seat at a dark oak desk and set sights to focus on the work of the day to be done. Cletus stared at the computer monitor screen, an open Word document staring back at him. It was mostly blank, though he had come up with a title. The story he was determined to craft was Cletus Cavalier's Space Run. It all should have come easily. He'd only been back on Earth a couple of months, and the galactic adventures of his recent past were all still fresh in Cletus's mind, so why the writer's block? He had lived the harrowing adventures of hurtling through space to the Zeta system, on a medical supply delivery mission, only to be thwarted by mechanical problems, scavengers, and a viral plague on Asteria. Cletus had almost died in the process on more occasions than one, or two, or even three. And much of what he saw, he'd never be able to unsee. Yet when it came time to write it, he clammed up. Where to start? He'd stare at his computer, think hard, try to force it. Then his mind would wander, and he'd give himself a break to rock out to some cool tunes, or to watch game shows, or stare at his phone some more. He'd come back to the table, and stare at that empty screen again. It suddenly occurred to Cletus that he hadn't cleaned out the garage in some time, and now seemed like an opportune time to do it. Writers are really good at finding other projects to preoccupy their time and put off the laborious work of putting pen to paper or fingers to keys. Cletus didn't make it to his garage, though. He intended to. He grabbed some garbage bags and cleaning supplies and set out the back door. What he saw waiting for him in his backyard 
made his jaw drop. Cletus was standing at the edge of a large hole, ten feet by ten feet, enormous. And it just kept going down. Cletus couldn't see the bottom. How in the world? Cletus mumbled to himself, unable to fathom how a perfectly normal backyard one day had come to have a tremendous crater in it the next. I was just out here last night. Sure enough, just twelve hours previous, Cletus set up the fire pit, roasted some marshmallows, while reading his new Adventure Zone book. Cletus thought for sure he might be losing his mind. Dumbfounded at first, simply staring in awe, he eventually became frustrated. He kicked a large rock hard enough to hurt his foot and launched the thing down into the hole. And Cletus noticed that he never actually heard the rock hit anything. How deep is this thing? The sun was shining brightly from above, yet he could not see the bottom of the hole from where he stood. Gotta be a bottom, right? He asked and answered himself. Yeah. He grabbed another stone, a larger one this time. He held it out over the hole and let go, dropping it into the black void. Nothing. It was dead quiet. He did it over and over again. After a half dozen rocks, he grabbed a deck chair and tossed it into the hole. Nothing. He launched his weed eater into it. Nothing. Cletus called his neighbor Carl over to help him inspect the anomaly. That's weird, was all Carl could muster as he stood over the hole, looking down into it. I think what you got here in your backyard is one of them there bottomless pits. There are a lot of those around here? Cletus asked. He was new to the neighborhood, after all. Carl answered, Nope, I reckon not. Out of the blue and without any sense or explanation at all, Cletus Cavalier had discovered a seemingly bottomless pit in his backyard. It couldn't really be endless, though, right? The bottomless pits don't exist. It has to lead somewhere. And Cletus didn't know it yet. But his pit was a wide-open door for opportunity, a direct link to his next adventure, whether he welcomed it or not. End of chapter one. And that's the end of this week's episode, young ones. We'll be back soon with more tales of traveling actors and middle school mimics and kids' superheroes. And yes, Cletus Cavalier will be back soon, too. I don't think we've heard the last of Janet Jones this year, either. In the meantime, have a wild and wonderful and weird and creative, and imaginative, and fun week. Be good to each other. Build bridges. Be helpers. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might blast you into outer space.
if you could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.